Thank you once again for tuning in to one of my podcasts. Today I discussed with one of my students the importance of a few of my keys that I have on my list. Altogether I have 12 keys, and those 12 keys are what is essential for you to open up the door to enter the world of really great passionate painting. Today I discuss a couple of them, go into depth, and also kind of share with you how I got started with isolating thoughts into keys and how those keys work for painting. So sit back, relax, listen in to my conversation with a student on the 12 keys of painting. I've been teaching for 40 years and I have, I have over 40 years have done a lot of trial and error and different levels and you know lots of personalities. So, you know, I've come to a point where what I say, I actually will stand there and, and take full credit for it. I mean, you know, and I know these are the four or five things you really need to know, but you've got to practice it. And even with her, she was in my classes. She had gotten so good that she would take over my classes when I was absent. And I could rely on her. I could say, Veronica, could you come in? And, and watch because she had she had learned my four or five things and uh, and I told her at first people forget one or two well I was given a critique in the class and her painting came up and I looked at it and I said Veronica remember when you told me that I know only four or five things and she goes yeah and I said where in this painting is a central focal point and she looked at me and she laughed and she said I forgot that I mean, it's amazing how we get so involved with our project that we don't objectively look at it. And that's why Winston Churchill, who wrote a book on painting, um, they're little, these clever little antidotes, but this, this book on painting, and he said that it takes two artists to paint a painting. One artist to paint it, the other one to hit him over the head to tell him whether or not it's good or not. And so I think that my life's journey is that I'm that second artist to hit artists over the head and tell them what they already know, but they forgot it. And these things are not hard. It's just that we get involved in a story in our head. And so a painting has a central focal point. That's, 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 that's true. I mean, if, whether it's an apple, an orange, a donut, a cup of coffee, a person, a house, um, and the clearer you make that, the clearer people get it. Um, when you have a painting that has a lot of elements in it, it's like listening to two radios or three radios at the time. Our senses can't figure that out. And what we do is we try to isolate, just like a writer does with an armature in a book or a musician. Um, it's amazing when you listen to a Tchaikovsky overtures that you have like a hundred instruments. You have a hundred instruments in a uh, concert hall. And yet the entire concert hall could come down to a little oboe all by itself. And we can hear it absolutely clearly. And it, if we weren't all thinking of the same thing, or if the musicians weren't all thinking of the same thing, it'd be a mess, you know? And so art's the same way. No, art's the same way. Um, painting's the same way. We have to kind of be thinking about 
lots of elements, but we still have to keep our eye on one thing. It'd be awful if we were going to a concert and we never had spotlights. Um, it would be very boring. You know, it would be very boring. And, and what we're doing is we're creating a, a stage. It breaks it down to something very simple. And we bring light onto that stage. And we say, this is our central focal point. And in painting, we have a central focal point that's the effect of light. And so we paint the effect. Because let's face it, who needs a, a, a painting of a cup or a glass or a wine bottle? Or, you know, yeah, if you want to decorate your... your um, dining room that maybe you would have a painting of a of a wine bottle but if we really want to get into creating fine art what impresses us more than anything else and it's because it's caused us to come out of the water when we were evolving and come onto land um, is light light is the, the key to everything. Without it, we have nothing. And we don't see anything unless it's lit. And so when we get down to the source that the objects themselves have no meaning to them and that it's the effect of light on the objects that makes something out of them, that's, that's the key. That's the key. And there are, there are simple techniques when my, in my um, 12 Keys to Creating Great Art. And I could probably put on another 20, but I just kind of had to market it in such a way so it's 12 keys. Those are just fundamental things to think about when you create a painting and, and the central focal point. And the central focal point should be the effect of light on an object. And there's a lot of effects that light can actually produce, but really it's that. This, one of the other keys is where it's located in the painting. That's crucial, how we see. And we have to get into the viewer's head of how they see things. So when uh, we look at something, we put that object or whatever it is that we look at in the middle of our view. And it's odd not to have a central focal point in the middle of the painting somewhere, within the middle third, because that's just how we see. If I told you, to go, go, go look at a light switch all of a sudden the light switch becomes in your view in the middle of your sight a, when you used to have cameras you used to have little crosshairs in the middle and you'd always put the thing that you're taking a picture of in the middle of the painting and then your mother said oh no don't don't put those crosshairs directly in the middle of your view go to the left or to the right and so you figured that within the middle third the central focal point there within lies and then usually things that catch our eye are like contrast. The brightest bright next to the darkest dark. You know, that, that is the, the, the most moving contrast there is. So you put the brightest bright and the darkest dark contrast. Now you could have dark everywhere else in the painting, but the biggest contrast of light and dark should be on the central focal point within the middle part of the painting. And we start seeing that when we start looking at um, uh, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, Caravaggio. You know, we start seeing these artists, Rembrandt, working with light. And it isn't until we start working with light that we start actually seeing um, art, you know, art transform itself. And so art is such a, a major key to, to, I mean, the light is such a major key 
to what it is that we try to create. And then once we actually focus in on something, and this is really crucial, this is really crucial right here. Once we focus into something, our depth of field, which means the area that we actually are looking at, is really quite small. And it's funny, people say, oh, you know, I'm losing my sight and you know, all this stuff. I've noticed as my sight has weakened, that my paintings have gotten better. And that is because I focus in on what it is that I'm focusing in, and I really try or I'll put on glasses. But the main thing is, is that when we focus in on something, the edges go away on everything else. When we really focus in on something, the edges go away on everything else. And we zero in on to what it is that we're focusing in on. And with painting, we want to focus in on an area that has the biggest contrast. We're telling the viewer here. Now, I listen to a lot of artists uh, throughout the years, and they would say, when you create a painting, you have to have lost edges and found edges. And you've been painting for a while. You've listened to a lot of artists, and they tell you that. And you go, okay. And then you listen to artists, they want to paint loose and have direct, you know, direct uh, brush strokes so that they feel passion. And that happens because we're working towards the central focal point. Um, you don't put the emphasis on everything. And so the central focal point has the hardest edges. It has the biggest contrast. It's within the middle third. Um, it's a lighting effect of some kind. So when I'm looking at your painting here, I'm noticing that you have you know, the central focal point, which is the effect of light on the object. And then uh, the object behind that has, it's got a good color contrast. Color can be used as a central focal point also. It can catch your eye. But uh, the effect of light will always trump that. It'll always trump that. If you squint your eyes, you'll notice that um, you, can, you can have a white egg on, uh, I mean, you can have an egg on a white plate. And if you squint your eyes, the color of the egg yolk will actually disappear and the, the contrast of lights and darks will actually take over the effect of color. Um, so so color is, is a good central focal point way, but it's not always the best. But that key point. Now, when we're looking at something, this, the area of sight that we actually focus in on is about the size of an egg. And we know this because if you take a look at a person and they're standing in front of you, you can only look at one eye or the other. And they're so close together, but we can't see both eyes at the same time. And we are really aware of that when we are talking to somebody that has a lazy eye. Particularly if it's, the, yeah, as we're looking at them, the left eye. Their right eye, because we're right eye dominant. So we look at their left, their left eye as we're looking at them. And if that's a lazy eye, we sit there and go, what eye should I look at? Because there are certain norms that are built into us that it causes us to communicate. And remember, painting and art, all art, including painting, is communication. That's basically what we're here. And in order to communicate, the, the viewer has to have an understanding that's similar to everyone else. You can't write a book for somebody that's in a, that 
doesn't have the same language or the same environment. Um, you have to create that environment so that there's some commonality. And when we see things, we kind of all see things the same way. And when we get that, we, we paint into that so that the viewer understands what it is that we're trying to say. And so by painting the way that we see uh, and we, we understand, you know, the human, the human um, way that we see as humans is that we're all right eye dominant. That's just built into our makeup. Maybe it was when we were fish and halibuts, it was always our right eye that was looking up out of the, yeah, off the ground and into the sky. That's what caused us to come onto the ground, if you believe in evolution. Um, so we're right eye dominant. And when we look at each other, we kind of go from right eye to right eye. Um, that's just how we look. And there's only one other species that looks that way, and that is a dog. Dogs are right-eye dominant, just like we are. And that's why we want to humanize dogs in such a way. Because when they look back at us, it's almost like they're human, they're thinking. So we have this language that we have to understand. So part of it is edges. So when I'm looking at your painting here, you've got lots of hard edges. So so part of learning how to, to create you know, that effect of light is that you need to eliminate the edges on everything except for the area you want the viewer to look at. One of my other 12 keys is transition. And transition is really important because transition is like when you listen to music, you have soft notes and you have hard notes. And usually you have this transition that causes uh, interest or, or building up or, or causes the music to change. If you've ever listened to a band organ, you know, and, and you put in a quarter and it all plays, that's fascinating to watch all those instruments play. But after three quarters, you go, I have had enough because everything's the same volume. And transition causes us to start from a whisper and go to a shout. And in painting, we go from dark to light. And the more we transition, the more the effect of light happens. So on the corners of your paintings, you want to have it darker. And you have, want to have a transition that leads us up. You want to have um, always from dark to light, from warm to cool. You always want every inch of your painting should be going through some form of transition. And so you need to focus in on that effect of light. Boom. And then it gradually goes darker. It just, it just is a lot of it is a little bit of a common sense, but we don't bring it to just that one point. And, and, you know, so you want to try to put in transition in your painting, uh, soften your edges, try to focus your viewer so that they only are looking at one thing. And then that one thing has to be, you know, so brilliant. I mean, when we look at a Rembrandt, we're pulled into their eyes. And we're naturally, when we're doing portraits, the center focal point always becomes the eyes because we as creatures evolved in looking at people's eyes. And it was really important, either when we looked at animals or when we looked at other humans, of whether or not we should fight or flee. And if we felt that uh, the viewer that we were looking at was friend or foe, you know, we would have to react. And if it was a foe, and we didn't react, we were killed. And then consequently, we didn't breed and we didn't have our next generation. So there's certain things that are in our brains.
that causes us to see and look and have opinions that are triggers. And as artists, we need to learn how to paint into those. And once we do, and we realize we have control over that, just like a, a conductor has over a symphony to get everything to sound correct by bringing everybody together. When you bring all those elements together, you start creating really great art. And you've had all of these elements over the years. When you're doing a cup, the front of the cup is going to be harder and edges and, and more brilliant. And the back of the cup should go away. And even by how you handle the transitions, you can actually create aerial perspective just by how you handle those edges. I love the fact that you're 88 and you're still as feisty as you were when you were 45. And I love that in you. And so I will be there for you. So there you have it. Now you know what it takes to become a great, passionate painter. All you need to study is a few 12 keys. How difficult could that be? Anyway, if you enjoyed my conversation, don't hesitate at all to go to my website, www.stephanbauman.com, and there you can find an opportunity to register for a book, Everything I Know About Landscape Painting. It's absolutely free, so go there and register. If you want information about coaching, please don't hesitate to just give me a call at 415-606-9074. Check out my YouTube station and check out all the other things that I have on my website. Again, call me at 415-606-9074 if you are interested in having a personal coach. I'd be happy to discuss what I could do for you. So until then, paint with passion and have a grand day.